everybody. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. I'm Laura Sherry, your host for today. And my guest on the podcast this afternoon is clinical assistant professor, Dr. Erica Timko, Timko Olson, uh, who is uh, assistant professor at the University of Minnesota. And it's a pleasure to have you here, Erica. Um, I when I was doing some research on your research, I, I was very, um, I guess, excited to see the nature health wellness therapy that you have been researching. And I wanted to have you on here so you can share your story about the importance of nature and healing and um, why you've decided to kind of deep dive into um the therapy aspect of it, and also how you are passionate about getting others into the outdoors because you see the benefits of um, health, mental health, wellness, all of the above when you spend time just stepping into a forest. And uh, also, uh, forest bathing has become kind of a hot little topic on social media, and I keep seeing it everywhere. So um, thank you for coming in studio today to chat with us about um, nature and therapy and how they go together. Sounds great. I'm so glad I'm here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yes. So why don't we start with, um, I guess, what what is your passion behind nature and the and the therapy aspect of what nature does for all of us and how we all need to be spending more time outside? I think it really goes back to my upbringing. I grew up in Southwest Minnesota on a farm, and then I moved into the woods of Wisconsin for a while and to the city and then spending weekends at the cabin, fishing and hiking and relaxing. And then growing up, I went um, after college, when I went to college, I went to St. Ben's and St. John's, obviously a 2,500 acre arboretum, most beautiful place in the world, met my husband rowing on the SAG. Um, so we have a great nature story behind us. And then, you know, through life and lots of kids, we ended up moving to Philadelphia. And uh, it was a little traumatic taking a girl out of Minnesota into the, the city. And I was really struggling. And I called my dad and like, man, like this is really hard. And he's like, when's the last time you saw the horizon? Mm. And I couldn't tell him. And I had just lost like I, you know, I've said, I've lost the sunset. I lost the sunrise. I lost my place in the world. Every day was just turning into another day and there was no consistency. And so we started intentionally, intentionally finding nature, engaging in nature, being outside in whatever way we could. We have six kids and there's 15 years from top to bottom. So, you know, taking the baby to the beach when you've got a 15 year old, like just figuring this out. So between the beach and the woods and the streams and exploring, uh, we really found some peace in that. And then moving back to Minnesota and being intentional about where we lived and where the next phase of our life was going to be um, brought us to kind of the Southwest Metro and then just really being intentional, pulling my research and saying, what do I see? These college students are anxious and they're stressed and they're having all these problems. And, and we know this. And I was done saying, we don't need to keep identifying this. What are we going to do for them? And that's when I started thinking back on my own life. Like, what do I do for myself when I'm feeling this angst, this anxiety, this pressure? And I retreat into nature. And sometimes that's just sitting in a fire pit in the backyard. And sometimes it's, you know, checking the tulips, mm -hmm. <laughs> how many the bunnies have munched. <laughs> that's right. Um, and, and sometimes it's, you know, heading to the boundary waters for a week or two 
and just completely immersing and, and resetting. So it's kind of those daily resets and then those monthly or year resets, those retreats really to get back to who we are. And that's really what the motivating factor behind all of it was. And then I had a, I had a brother die at 37 years old of cancer and, you know, working with college students for 20 years, my passions just started all coming together. So now a lot of my work is focused on young adults and their psychosocial well-being um, following the, a cancer diagnosis and what that looks like. My goodness. Have you seen um, just over the past, I would say, 10 years, just with the social media and technology presence, that's um, such a big part of even younger generations' lives. You know, they're, um, they start using phones so much earlier than we ever did. Are you seeing an increase in the anxiety and um, somewhat of depression from, do you think it's from some of the technology and social media that we're always in front of screens these days and not necessarily stepping outside to reset circadian rhythms and things like that? The world would say that. Um, I don't do research in that particular area. We know that there is a substantial increase in screen use. We know there's a su substantial increase in anxiety and depression in our kids. Um, but there is also more people living in the city. There is also world pandemics going on. There's a lot more, you know, the world is a lot smaller. We're exposed to a lot more traumas and daily negative experiences. Um, there is a lot more intentionality required to spending time outdoors because our lives have changed. You know, when I grew up, I had to walk a quarter of a mile down the lane to wait for the bus. And now my kids you know, wait for, wait on the front step where they shoot basketball, you know, shoot hoops um, in the driveway for five minutes before the bus comes, which was very different from, from even that 10 or 15 minutes that you had walking down um, the lane to the bus stop. So our lifestyle is just so different for, for many people in the last 15 or 20 years. Mm -hmm. And are you, um, you, you've, part of your research, I'm assuming is, is taking um, groups of young adults and adults out into nature. And what do you, what experiences do you um, provide that you feel are the most beneficial to reducing anxiety and depression and things like that? Well, with forest bathing, it really is, you know, nature is the therapist. So when people say, you know, we, we talk about nature guides rather than a nature therapist, right? So people are guided to see things that they might not notice I was just speaking at a survivorship conference and we were inside a, at a hotel, right? So I had a stream, a movie with a stream and birds chirping. And it was just that immersive experience of imagining the stream, imagining how cool it was, imagining the mud on our toes. And if you like that or you, or you don't like that, what emotion that brings up? What does that bring you back to? happy memories? Is there something in childhood? A lot of what adults talk about when they're in nature is they remember being a child mm. and the freedom and the lack of concern and the lack of awareness, really just that joy and happiness that they had in nature as a child. So a lot of people are striving for that again. And the great thing is nature's there. So you can go back to her. She's been waiting for the last 20, 30 years, however long it's taking you to get back. Um, it, it just takes intentionality. So going outside, noticing the movement, 
of the the wind. I was just talking to my daughter about driving up yesterday, uh, driving up through to St. John's. I had to go up there yesterday. And the, how the flags were blowing so beautifully in the wind. Those huge flags on the flagpoles usually just hang down. But it was just the movement was so beautiful and how the sun was shining off of a flagpole. And was that natural? Like, was that being in nature? No, I was in my car, but the movement of the wind, like we could feel, I could feel that. Mm-hmm. I, I notice that a lot when I'm on hikes is um, the way leaves blow. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get the most beautiful movement if you have kind of a set of, even if it's bushes and they just all seem to be moving the same way in this very rhythmic pattern. Um, I always take out my phone to film these things. I don't know why. And they just kind of sit on my phone, but I find it um, mesmerizing. Yeah. And just taking the moment to just appreciate all the little things you see when you step out into nature and really kind of start gaining a curiosity back Mm -hmm. and wondering um, when you start to realize how it's all connected from, you know, a mushroom to a tree and um, how the ecosystem works and how many different species there are on our planet and how unique each one is and how they play a role in something. Um, it becomes this very awe moment because you're like, this is really incredible on how it all works together. And it doesn't really need us humans to be in it to make it work so perfectly. We kind of step in and inevitably sometimes we ruin some things, but mm-hmm. um I think that curiosity when you can kind of open that door too is um, helpful because I think you become more mindful in general. And that's it. And that sense of awe is actually something that we study because okay. that feeling is incredibly healing. And cancer survivors talk about this, that when they're in nature, they no longer feel like they have cancer because mm. in your life, your problems and troubles and difficulties are so big. But when you go in nature, you're so small. It's true. I took a group of students out, uh, interprofessional group. We were up at Lake Itasca. There were medical students and pharmacy students and nursing students and from all over, uh, all over. But one particular student, um, he was from India. He had never left Minneapolis before. He'd never left the city before. So it was the first time seeing the stars. Wow. And then I took him out and we were just going for a walk. And then we came up onto this big clearing. Well, we know that we were in the middle of a frozen lake, but he had no idea. And when we told him that initially, he was like really nervous. And then it was like, wow, I've never experienced this before. And that will become part of his nervous system, like part of who he is. And he will remember that. And that's where, you know, taking pictures, like, why do I do that? Because you can go back to your phone and you will elicit that response neurologically in your nervous system that will automatically relax you and take you back to that place of care. And it will change you physiologically and benefit you. I bet that, and that feeling can then be carried on throughout your day and then throughout your week and throughout your month. And Mm -hmm. there's so many that struggle, um, you know, with the word happiness and what does that mean for me and, um, how do I find it every day and things like that. And, um, I feel like it is stepping out into nature is that kind of code to resetting your system, to have gratitude and kind of a more of a 
blissful feeling, if you will. I don't know if it's dopamine or what it is. I guess you would yep. know. <laughs> yep, it would be. Yep, it would be. And and we see this in kids, right? I have these kind of big, crazy plants at my house. And my my youngest child was up and she was like taking a deep breath. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she said, I'm caring for the plant. Love it. And it's true, right? But in caring for the plant, she's caring for her, herself, right? So when we go out and and we talk about the benefits of a garden and, and being in community, in a community garden, those plants, before we ever, before they ever yield any fruit, are benefiting us. And everything that nature has to offer us is amazing. We don't even know it. We don't even know it. So, you know, there's there's a lot of issues around um, urban green spaces and social injustice and environmental justice. We see that there are uh, improvements in kids' health and well-being. The greater the green spaces around tree uh, around schoolyards, and there's less crime in areas that have greater tree canopies. There's less anger in areas with tree canopies. So we have a lot of work to do in our urban areas, mm-hmm. but it all starts with understanding and knowing. And and I always say, you simply cannot love what you do not know. So the more people know about the benefits of nature, the more they will care for her. And that's how we're going to save the planet. Very true. Most people agree that we need to lower our carbon footprint while providing reliable and affordable energy. A diverse energy mix will provide reliability and affordability, which is extremely important during Minnesota's four distinct seasons. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today. That's ready to work alongside with other energy sources, and it's propane. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Propane is energy stored on site and independent from the vulnerabilities of the grid. And propane's benefits don't end there. Major advances are being made today for renewable propane that is compatible with the traditional propane and requires no additional infrastructure investments. Minnesota needs to use all our low-carbon alternatives, including propane, to safely provide energy, reliability, resiliency, and affordability. Propane, the right energy right now. To find out more about what propane can do for you, visit propane.com. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Connecticut Water. You know, spring is so close, and that means that the Shirk family will be back at the cabin sooner versus later, I hope. And that means Connecticut water in the woods. You see, last summer, we were lucky enough to add Connecticut at the cabin. And oh boy, what a difference. For as long as I can remember, we've dealt with that stinky, foul well water. But after a painless four-hour installation, we now have Connecticut soft water and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make that early morning coffee. Great drinking water right out of our K5 tap. Our laundry no longer smells funny. And Connecticut water cleaned up the showers and the dishes. The world's most efficient, worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. 
If you own a lake home or if you have a pond on your property, you need to call the Aquaside Company. Aquaside has been helping people maintain healthy lake shores and ponds for over 68 years. Aquaside products are easy to use and begin working right away. Aquaside is registered with both the Environmental Protection Agency and Department of Natural Resources. Don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify problematic weed types, assist with product selection, and calculate application rates. Aquaside will make sure lake fronts look great all summer long. You can call them at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Check with your state agency for local application guidelines. Well, let's um, let's chat about forest bathing. And, and so we can um, leave listeners with uh, maybe a little task, if they will, to try it at some point um, and to really understand what it is. And it's very doable and it's not um, really about rolling around in some dirt, I'm assuming. <laughs> you probably never, could. You could. I have not done it that way before. <laughs> but I, um, you know, when I've, I've chatted with people about forest bathing and I've had a lot of like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like, are you really bathing in a forest? I was like, no, you're not. But um Let's, uh, what is forest bathing? I guess let's start, start there. So forest bathing, the fun part is, is that we can go back to kind of its roots, which really just started in the early eighties in Japan where everyone is moving into the city. I actually have two kids that are going to be in Japan in the fall. Crazy, crazy, crazy story. Um, so Japan is kind of this story that just keeps coming back to us, but there are 30 million people in Tokyo there. It's, amazing how dense the cities are. So they started seeing that people weren't getting out in nature. So they started doing research in what they call Shinrin-yoku. And it's three symbols, the three kanjis. And one is for Shinrin-yoku, the translation is the three trees, which are the forest. And then there's a single tree, which is the wood. And then there's a house with a river on one side and a ridge on the other. And it translates into forest bathing. It's this beautiful, beautiful term. It's a beautiful, the three kanji together. It's just, it's a beautiful symbol. And really what it is, is that intentional engagement with your senses. And does it have to be in a forest? No. One of my favorite experiences was um, in a canyon in Grand Junction, Colorado. Um, Kind of a sad story. My dad was dying. They were, um, I was flying out for a conference the next morning. We had said goodbye and, and I knew that going there was the right thing to do. And so I, um, it happened to be a forest bathing conference. So it was beautiful. Um, But it was, we went out and we were in the canyon and, and the first thing was we stopped and started breathing and recognizing what was around us. But one of the invitations, and nature is all about invitations, was just to recognize with our senses slowly what's in motion and what are we seeing. So you can intentionally engage with your eyes, your ears, even what you can taste on a dewy morning of what nature tastes like, right? You can mm-hmm. go there and, and, um, touch when we're talking about touching a pine tree compared to touching a, um, lamb's ear that it's a little fuzzy to maybe touching the sand, the warm sand or the cool mud, what that, what that might be. Um, but that morning it was very, very calm. 
was very calm. It was like a dead calm, right? There was nothing moving. And then there was a little tiny, tiny yellow flower that was maybe two inches tall with a little flower, maybe a centimeter around. And it was just slowly moving ever so slowly in the wind. And I sat and looked at that and studied that for probably five minutes or so. And then I gradually felt on my ankles, I had pants on that were just a little bit, um, you know, maybe an inch on my ankles and I could feel the breath on my ankles. And this is where the therapy part comes in. And as I moved closer to the canyon's edge, you know, within a few feet, it was the canyon that was breathing. And I could feel just that ever so calm movement. And my dad died of lung cancer. So it was just this like, wow, the earth is breathing. Like he's still alive, right? That, Mm -hmm. That memory will stay with me forever. His memories will stay with me forever. And it was just this beautiful gift. And that's where, that's the best part for me. You know, nature has these wonderful gifts. We just have to go out and find them. And they're, they're not trips to Colorado in the Canyon. They might be, but they might be that plant on your front porch. It might be growing herbs for you. It might be, you know, a few weeks ago we had the Northern Lights. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Right outside our front door just searching and noticing. It might be the alignment of the planets. Um, it could be just that stream that's running down the street, down the gutter. You know, it could be tending to that tree in your front yard. Um, I have a little cherry tree and there was probably 30, 30 dead leaves the other morning that still hadn't fallen off. And it started, you know, it started to, to sprout just a little and just taking those leaves off like that cleansing of, okay, the fall is over. The winter is I think over. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> and, <laughs> And now there's new life coming forth. And just that intentionality of removing those dead things that that tree doesn't need anymore. So I think what's wonderful about the concept of forest bathing is there's no real set rule to it other than maybe trying to slow yourself down to be intentional about um, really tapping into the senses of sight, sound, touch, feel, and... um, kind of regrounding yourself. And what I love about the concept is that, um, you know, with meditation, this is a form of that in a way, it seems like. And a lot of people, not a lot, some can get a little frustrated on how do they do meditation correctly. Mm -hmm. And the answer to that, there's no correct way to do meditation. If you have thoughts come in, you let them go. And, and, um, don't be hard on yourself mm-hmm. in relation to meditation because right. we're hard on ourselves all the time, every day, you know, regardless. So that is the point. And probably the same with forest bathing is that you give attention to something besides yourself, besides necessarily maybe your ego space that you're kind of going into more of a, sens- a soul space of being connected to um, to nature, which yep. is, you know, greater than thyself. So yep. um, I love that. Is there certain, do you have like special locations around maybe the metro area that are some of your favorite places to step into? Um, I, you know, one of that comes to my mind is the Eloise, um, Butler garden in Theodore Worth Park. It's so close. Um, really beautiful there. And when you step into part of the garden itself, the actual, the trees dampen the sound of traffic so much and almost becomes silent. 
And I love that. I, I love finding places on our planet that are void of any man-made noises. And that's become some of my summer goals to go to some of those places to find some of the quietest places on earth. Um, because you don't realize how many men made noises you hear airplane sounds, um, traffic, dull traffic sounds. And of course, if you live in the city, a lot of noise. Yep. Um, so I love finding those little quiet nooks and actually Theodore Worth Park, surprisingly, as close as it is to the city, feels very quiet in there. Yeah. And it, a lot of that has to do with the tree canopy. Yes. Because that, you know, will absorb a lot of that sound. Um, there, we did some work in Crosby Farm Park, which is in St. Paul, right along the river. So again, when the river is high, she's really loud. Oh, yes. Too, so that's lovely there. There's actually our only certified nature trail in Minnesota is in Silverwood Park in St. Anthony. So a um, nature therapist that I work with, he worked with the Three River Park system and created signage around a trail in Silverwood Park. So you can go there and you can, you know, kind of have a self-guided, if you will, forest bathing experience there. So some real intentional places there. That's a little, it's, it's by a road. It's a little bit louder. So you have to kind of figure that out, but it's in St. Anthony. So you need to expect to have a little bit louder noise there. I live by the Arboretum. So. Oh, beautiful. How could we not yes. go along there? Um, the, you know, the Minnesota river, the Mississippi river has so many great places to go. Um, we love to escape too. So there are so many great places, obviously the North, the North shore and the boundary waters. So we love to do that, but really whatever it's those memories. Some people like to be on the lake. Some mm -hmm. people like to be in the woods. It really is where you can engage with yourself and just find that place of comfort. And some people that can actually be in their homes with their plants. And I have these two little bonsai trees that my husband gave me for my birthday a few years ago and they sit in my office. And now I've taken them out of my office and moved them into the kitchen. And it's like they have new life because they're, <laughs> they're able to move a little bit. So now like when I'm doing dishes, like I've got my little bonsai trees there and I, I don't feel so alone, like I'm like, oh, I've got to do the dishes. I um, I love plants as well. Yeah. And that's so funny you mentioned bonsai trees. Is I was telling Dan, my boyfriend, that I want to I want to take a bonsai class on how yes. there's a there's a community around bonsai trees and how you even care for them. Care for them and then give them haircuts. I don't even know what they call it, but <laughs> that's why I won't show mine to anyone because I'm like, I'm sure I've not trimmed her up the way yes, she's supposed to be. <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, I would love yeah. to learn about that. And I think therapeutic. That I mean, the yes. whole idea of that is like intentionally it's, I mean, this is forest bathing, right? Intentionally engaging with the tree and seeing where she's growing, where she needs to be trimmed, where you need a little bit, a little bit more light, where you need a little bit of water. Like it's literally living with that plant and seeing what they need. And you have to be in connection with it to know. Yeah. Is there a certain amount of time that is in your research that you should spend forest bathing, uh, for instance, that you have the actual benefit? 
Yeah. So there is some research that came out of Europe a few years ago. Kind of the new 10,000 steps is 120 minutes a week. Okay. And it kind of maxed out at three to 400 minutes a week, which is kind of a funny story. I was talking to the researcher that headed that up and he's like, a lot of the work was done in London in the rainy season. And I think people were out walking to their dogs and they just felt like any more than that was a curse. Uh. <laughs> so that was really funny. But really, <laughs> you know, if you think about it, if you can spend 15 minutes a day outside, and there's substantial benefits to that, your cardiovascular health, your blood pressure will decrease, your heart rate variability increases. We've seen substantial decreases in depression. You actually, there's studies that um, were done actually in London too, where the areas with greater tree canopy, there was a significant reduction in the amount of antidepressants that were done, that Interesting. were, that were prescriptions that were written for antidepressants. There's, there's so much from um, cognitive increases in our kids to increased clarity, concentration. You know, when you're in the middle of a big project and you just want to keep going, if you take 10 minutes and walk away and go for a quick walk, we seem to be so much better at this during COVID, right? Where, oh, I have to go get a quick walkout because I'm stuck in my house. Well, now we're stuck in our heads. Like we still need to get out. We still need to take care of ourselves. So taking a 10 minute break every hour for a brisk walk or an interaction with, you know, watering your plants, just get out of your office and do something. Um, in nature, engagement with nature will increase your clarity, your concentration, and you'll be able to complete your project in a much more creative way. It's just so good for us. Decreases in obesity, increase in mindful eating, um, diabetes is decreased, rates are decreased. Um, I, honestly, we are nature. So I just haven't found any place in, in my work and my research where it doesn't benefit us. Except maybe if we, you know, obviously if it's icy and we could get hurt and things like that, sure. like we just have to be careful when we're outside. But there really, there's very few times that it's really dangerous for we, us, or it doesn't benefit us to be out in nature. So true. I um, occasionally do some public speaking to groups and things. And part of my um, talk is about uh, the benefits of nature for health and wellness and actually um, a lot of life great life skills are developed and nature will teach them to you automatically just by spending time out there from um, humility for one um, can happen very quickly, uh, either from a fishing boat or many places, patience, you know, things aren't happening on your timeline when you're out in nature uh, to learning um, a lot of grit and how to withstand some challenging situations. Um, if you're cold, and you're out there and you're kind of really deep into the woods, it's going to take you a while to get out and you're going to have to learn how to deal with being cold. Um, but those stressors and things of that nature really help you to be able to handle life. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, you know, the 120 minutes, um, absolutely. The, the benefit list is, is really, really endless. And the best part about all of that is it's free to step outside. <laughs> Everybody can do it. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you kind of tap into that, you're like, okay, I'm starting to see, see the benefits of some of this. And everyone can do it, but there are issues around safety and fear and generational issues as well. Yes. To acknowledge those things. It isn't just this like 
greatest place ever. I'm going outside for everyone. That's true. And we're working on that. Yes. That equity piece. But also in Minnesota, we have a great benefit that we do have people and systems that are working really hard on that. There is actually some great work going um, in just around this area in the Three River Park di District on that first tier of um, the city outside of Minneapolis. They're working with communities and and doing focus groups and looking, working with community leaders saying, what do you want in your parks? What do you, what will help you get outside? How can we build that programming? How can we support you? Because we know that this will help communities. It's awesome. And how can we make that happen? And we have dollars that are supporting that. Our legislature is really big in supporting that. We have a great park system here. We have a great Met Council here that works really hard to protect our areas. They don't do things perfectly, obviously. Um, but in every tree that is cut down, I'm like, oh, could we just save that one tree? It's not just, you know, a tree is not a tree is not a tree. So there is a, you can go online. There's a great little website where you can enter in like the size of your tree and the type of your tree. And you can see how much runoff that they keep out of our you know, wastewater. You can see how much shade they provide to save energy in our homes. And you can see um, how much carbon they absorb and how much they clean the environment on each tree. Wow. And you can map that in your yard if you're interested in that. What is what is that site called? iTree. iTree.com? iTree. Yep. I don't know if it's .com. Okay. It's just... I, I'm a visual learner, so I know on my, uh, you know, in my on, research, it says iTree, and awesome. I click on the link. So okay. well, Google that, <laughs> iTree. iTree. That would be a great project to, I mean, not only look up yourself, but yeah. for your kids to see all that information would be really right. fun. And when you think about removing a tree in your yard, obviously there are times when you need to do that. But if you're removing a tree and thinking, oh, I'm going to plant three other trees and realize that that tree that's been there for 10 years, for you to get the benefits of that tree, it will be another 10 or 15 years planting another tree. It isn't, it isn't the same. Like you cut down a tree, you plant a tree. They're not the same. They take years to reach the benefits that they are currently providing us. And, and we have to be really intentional about what we're destroying and what we're creating, especially at this time where we're trying, we're way out of balance and we need to find a new balance. hundred percent. There's another app I wanted to tell you about from some colleagues that I work with in my research. It's called Nature Dose and it's free. And you can put it on your iPhone or Android and you can set your time in nature that you want it to be. And it will give you alerts and keep track of how much time you've been in nature for the week. And then it also gives you little things like, oh, you know, great job. You've read, you know, met half of your goal. And by doing this, you will sleep better at night because research shows that, you know, your sleep improves by this or your cardiovascular health is improving. So it gives you these little motivating um, badges. And they also have, uh, they pull together a bunch of publicly available data and then give you a score for your area of where you are. So you can see like the quality from zero 100, what your nature score is. So at my house in Chaska, um, my nature score is 96. I was going to say it's probably close to a hundred. It's really close. The, um, hundred is in the boundary waters where okay. I've been, I've been in a few places up in, uh, Danbury. We were up there where I was like, Oh, I wonder what this is. 
the worst place I ever was. I had a conference in Las Vegas. It wasn't above five. I think the lowest I've ever been is three. It was horrible. Just I was going to say Manhattan thing. has got to be. Well, you got oh, Grand. You, you have Central Park there. You, so. you do. So, but then, but they look at air quality. They look at noise quality. They oh, look at okay. green space. Like it's it's all of that data, like proximity to coal plants, and like it's, it's interesting. It's amazing. Um, but even in a city, I'm 25 miles out of Minneapolis Central, and I can get up to 96, just where I live in my neighborhood. And the benefits of that are, and what I would like to see eventually is when you go into your provider and say, you know, you're maybe you're um, having some problems with depression or anxiety or or um, you've gained weight, or you want to make a lifestyle change and need to increase your activity or whatever it might be that you need to look at. And your provider can look in your chart and you can type in your address to this site. And it says, oh, your nature score is 30. So let's look at what's around you to say where you could go to get higher quality of nature where you are. Or if my provider saw my house, they'd be like, get out in your neighborhood. You can walk (laughs) 10 minutes, you know, three times a day. You can get out, even if it's just walking to the end of your yard, checking a butterfly garden, whatever it might be, spending some time, um, you know, building building a little fire in your yard, whatever it might be. And knowing that where you are in your area could help us with our nature prescriptions. Absolutely, getting outside in a healthy place. Wonderful that, and then it's called Nature's Dose. Nature Dose. Nature Dose. That will be downloaded onto my phone after our (laughs) podcast is over. I'm Bill Shirk, and you are listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast: The Stories Behind the Stories. Again, we have all these great partners who help us uh, get to you each week. Um, I want to thank the Minnesota Historical Society. Right now, on behalf of the Minnesota Historical Society, the History Center is presenting Sherlock Holmes, the exhibition. You can step into Victorian London and explore the world of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's world-famous detective. Seriously, you can. You can learn about the powers of observation, deduction, and the science while solving an interactive mystery. You can try hands-on gadgets and experiments that are based on real forensics and kind of make learning fun. See exactly how Sherlock influenced both real detectives and pop culture. Last chance, the exhibit closes April 2nd. You can learn more at mnhs.org slash SherlockMN. Also, a shout out to our friends at Starbank. Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. Remember FDIC, an equal housing lender. Um, and you had mentioned, I, before we wrap this up, I would love to um, give 
not a necessarily list, but maybe some places where people can look up. Um, cause I have seen forest bathing classes mm-hmm. offered through community programs that yep. are either free or very affordable. Um, one of which is three rivers park district. They do a wonderful job. Um, yep. there's some community programs, probably you get the community summer program and paper in your mail. Yep. Um, I've seen forest bathing in there. Uh, are there other places that offer forest bathing? I know there's like, um, of course, the Lopet Foundation does a lot of help with getting um, kids that live in urban areas out into the outdoors. I love the work that they do. Yep. Are there other um, organizations that you know that offer forest bathing kind of a one-on-one or a little class that you could take? Well, I'd be remiss from you know being at the University of Minnesota if I didn't mention the Arboretum. Yes. So there's great work that's going on at the Arboretum. But like you said, your local parks and communities really, and if you Google forest bathing, um, you can find people that do this as their business. And they're they're great at it. I'm I'm a researcher, so there's particular a couple that I work with that are amazing people, and they help me in de- designing my studies and and um, taking people out intentionally because I have a one time shot with them. Yes, <laughs> um, with my work. Um, so or a, you know a series of them, but we're really intentional with some of those. The other thing that that I have gotten a little bit more into um, as well. Right when the pandemic was starting, it, well, it was before the pandemic, I actually had consented a group of people and I had developed an audio guide. So you can find some guided experiences um, too. I mean, this is kind of what I'm getting into now with my research of, because people want to be in a group, especially my young adults or survivors, they want to be in a group of survivors, but they don't necessarily need someone else. They don't want a therapist. They don't want someone you know, quote unquote, guiding them where they can have a group experience with this audio guide in just in one ear, right? And, and then they can be out in a group with their people engaging in nature intentionally with a pseudo guide and taking what they want and leaving what they don't. And it's really just this beautiful experience. So I actually did this with a group of students as part of a study at the Arboretum at St. John's nursing students during the pandemic. And this is, it will be published at any moment. It's been, um, it's been accepted. And it really, even during the pandemic, it was a naturally distant ex- distance experience before that. So who knew that was going to happen? Um, but there was a decrease in their anxiety and an increase in their well-being in the middle, and this is fall of 2021 with nursing students. My goodness. Talk about high stress. Yes. So we're seeing these results over and over and over again. And my next steps are, I'm I'm working on something now and, and we've submitted a few things, but looking at virtual reality nature for people that are our kids that are in the hospital for their bone marrow transplants when they're in for 30, 60 90 days. What does that look like when you are completely deprived of nature in a high stress, highly vulnerable situation? The outcomes are really challenging. So how can we keep these kids engaged in what they love? They can climb rocks. They can swim in oceans. They can go in the forest and they can, you know, trudge through the forest and through the streams like we all wanted to do when we were kids instead of going to school, right? We're just going to hang out in the woods and they can choose to do that in their own experiences. So lots of benefits for veterans too with PTSD 
And um, again, this is in a structured environment. You just don't put people out and say, what are you going to, what do you feel like with this? Like this is, you know, this is greater work and highly trained therapists doing this, but using nature as the healer in these environments and our veterans and kids, college students, people with mental illness, a lot of trauma that can be the most healing experience for them. Well, thank you for not only being here, but for all the work you're doing on, um, you know, nature and the healing aspect of it and helping others to kind of see the benefits and encouraging them to get outside. And of course, at the end of every Minnesota Bound episode, um, not only on air, but of course here on the podcast, we, we have been saying, introduce a kid to the great outdoors. And um, I, you know, when my dad brought up that phrase 27 years ago, um, I don't think any of us probably really understood how important it is, um, especially today. So, um, thank you for, for doing what you do and appreciate you being here to share, um, all the benefits of getting outside. And, um, I hope that your story, um, inspires people to, um, start doing some forest bathing, or even if it just means sitting on your front porch, listening to the birds sing, finally, now that it's spring, that, um, you'll just take some time to take it all in. So thank you for, for being here. Appreciate You're welcome. it. What a great experience. Mm-hmm.